what do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. What's going on, guys? The Royale with cheese here. This is your host, Caleb. And Seth. And today we're going to be reviewing Fast and Furious Present Hobbs and Shaw. We're also going to be taking the Academy versus the people with the Deer Hunter up up against Greece. This is episode number eight. And uh, Seth, uh, break down uh, Hobbs and Shaw for me. Well, you see here, you got a two hours and 17 minutes full of just action. I mean, not complete action, but you got a good amount. It's uh, basically when Hobbs and Shaw have to team up to save, I believe Their it sister. is Shaw's sister. Yeah. Yes, Hattie. Hattie. And obviously you got the villain Brixton played by Idris Elba. Great actor. And you got Sean pl- Shaw played by Jason Statham. And Hobbs, obviously played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And then Hattie, played by Vanessa Kirby. This is honestly a stellar cast. I mean, well, not stellar. I should say, I it's should a, say that. It's an all-star. Yeah. Not even all. I don't know. Famous cast. Yeah, 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 I mean, that's go. about Big names. Say. Big names. Big names. But they do have a good actor, the villain. The villain's a really good actor. Yeah. I mean, so basically, I mean, I think Vanessa Kirby tries it, the hardest out of all of them. Oh, yeah. But I think you also got to give Jason Statham, because he's kind of like, he's... He's he not really the, but he knows he's, what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, but my point is, he's not really like the action. If you're looking for an action person, you really wouldn't think him first. But the reason you do think him is because he's kind of just he, yes, <laughs> but he's kind of just put his name like out there yeah. to do that. It, so basically, what happens is is um, there's like this virus that'll end the world basically, and uh, Hattie's in control of transporting it. They get hijacked by uh, Brixton. And what happened in his crew, and what basically what happens is she has to inject herself with the virus, and she only has so many hours to live. So basically, the only way she can live is either they burn her alive, and she lit, and the virus is dead, but they can't do that because Jason Statham's sister, and also Hobbs kind of falls in love with her. But so what they have to do is they have to get this machine to extract it from her blood, basically. And uh, they use the help of uh, Hobbs's family back in Samoa who is the greatest engineer of all time for some reason and works on cars <laughs> to make this device and to fix it. It's uh, it's just literally two hours and 17 minutes of um, pretty much action. I mean, there's Except towards th- the end. I mean, uh, not towards the end, but right before the last scene. It's kind of like there's a little this hearty heart. Scene. Well, I was trying to show family, like that's all about yeah. Fast and Furious. Is like family, you know. That's you yeah. see on TikTok all the time. <laughs> but Caleb, I, I'd like to start with. I mean, probably the person that starts the movie always is the director David Lynch. Let's uh say what he's kind of known for. He's directed John Wick, amazing movie, Deadpool two, Atomic Blonde, and Hobbs and Shaw. So basically, uh, all action movies. I mean. Yeah, that's about it. it. I mean, seriously, it's just like it, it hits all the beats of a Fast and Furious has pretty much fun action, cool cars, you know, and it's just kind of over the top everything, you know. Each each one each one seems like it gets crazier and crazier, and uh, I mean, I, I well, no one died in this film, so I wasn't necessarily. I can honestly say I wasn't necessarily ever really bored. There's a one point I kind of got bored, but it wasn't like. A super boring movie. Man, I don't know how you fall asleep through literally pure action. <laughs> it's pretty hard. I mean, this is there's there's honestly there's nothing super special about this one. I mean, like if you like the Fast and Furiouses, go see it. You might enjoy it, but I mean otherwise, I mean it's okay at best. I mean, it's it's definitely one of those fan based movies. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean, it's okay. It's kind of like the Harry Potter's, you know. 
doesn't really cater to anyone except for the people that just are diehard lovers that carry around the wands, you know? I mean, the funny thing is, if you've seen the trailer, you've pretty much seen the movie. Oh, yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, you're not missing I out mean, anything. It's I'm, it's just like it sounds. Now, I, mean, I before we get into spoilers, right yes. now, I just want to say, The Rock is not a good actor. Okay, yeah, I mean... I he's d- definitely he's definitely one of those faces. It's like you put him in the movie, you're gonna still bring people in. Yeah, that's how I felt. Like it wasn't like it was like he was okay. All right, but kill he- messing with our mics. <laughs> but basically, like he just every time he was on screen, he was definitely the worst part. Like Jason Statham, I'm not saying Jason Statham's like Daniel Day Lewis out here, but he was definitely better and easier to watch. All right, kill. Don't downpoint my boy five foot four Jason Statham. You know and. It's just, ah, man, he just, The Rock, he's so cringy. All of his lines are cringy to me. And even, like, his daughter is the worst child actor of all time. Yeah, but I would I would put up a strong argument that Ryan Reynolds was worse in this movie. Wait, don't, the Rock. don't, this is, which, spoilers. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, you didn't hear that from me. I thought we were talking about Deadpool. But... <laughs> yeah, it says... Okay, spoiler warning. Now, if you okay, see the film. I would put up a strong argument that Ryan Reynolds was worse than The Rock. And I'm not saying bad acting. I'm okay, saying... Well, exp- just a minute. Explain the... There's two cameos. You can explain them... Ex- at least go you want me to explain Ryan both Reynolds. of them? Yeah, oh, you oh, might, as well. might as well. Cause Let's hit Ryan Reynolds and then we'll hit him next. Yeah, because these, these two people were definitely not, like, advertised as being in it. Yes, because it was a surprise. Yeah. And... What I would say about Ryan Reynolds is they tried literally playing him off exactly like Deadpool, which would probably come into the director directing Deadpool 2, and that's why that's he true. that's why he had him in there to act like Deadpool because they're like, oh, he's funny like this. Let's do that. But no, he's not Deadpool in this movie. What makes him a good actor is that he can be Deadpool and be other people. He doesn't have to be the same person well, I think, in everything. I think, the, I think Ryan Reynolds has been typecasted by now. Oh, no, for sure. Because he, even, he played I, such a good role that everyone's like, well, that's what I'm saying. He's like smart. But think about this. I didn't see it. And I don't think you saw it either. But I, from the commercials and trailers and from things I've heard, Detective Pikachu, he plays Deadpool in Pikachu version. Like, and that's the thing was it's kind of sad because I just watched actually a decent movie, a Mississippi Grind, with Ryan Reynolds in it. And this is obviously, I think I believe it's 2014, so it might be the same year as Deadpool, the first one. Yeah. But, but the thing is, he can be charming, and he doesn't have sure. to be Deadpool in everything he acts in. And this movie, he's literally just Deadpool. And he's like, he's the one who gives The Rock his mission, you know. Well, Caleb, I think Ryan Reynolds is a great actor. Don't get me wrong. I just think they, I mean, he's had some bad roles, let's be real. Green Lantern, like, he's yeah. definitely had some bad roles. But overall, I would say Ryan Reynolds is a good actor. But as soon as people start typecasting him that starts making him a bad actor well that's what i feel like that's what at all well i feel like that's what people want from ryan reynolds like the the common folk yeah because we're elites yeah (laughs) but when they see ryan reynolds they're like we took a film class exactly we're elites so basically they're like no this is like i want to see deadpool because that's what they associate with ryan reynolds now and that's what he has to give them but can you really blame him? I mean, it's like going into your work and let's say let's say you mow lawns. Like who who would go that low freaks. level? Yeah, Amen. freaks. <laughs> but let's say you're mowing lawns, or like me and Caleb. <laughs> and when you're mowing, like your boss is like, "Listen, I want you to make diagonal lines." 
and you just make vertical lines. And your boss is like, just fires you because you didn't make horizontal lines. It's an analogy. So my point is, my point is, what they ask him to do, he's gonna have to do it because it's his job. Acting is a job. I mean, no yeah. matter what your yeah. skill is, it still is a job. If they want you to act like Deadpool. He has to act like Deadpool. I mean, he doesn't have to. Yeah. But I mean, actually, he might in the contract. I mean, he might have they, to do what the director says. Like, well, that they might have be a part to, of the contract. Uh, I'm, but it doesn't. It doesn't even matter. That cameo is also they all awful. But they also have another cameo in the middle of it, which it, with Kevin Hart. Which, it was a little bit better. Yeah, comparatively is a lot better. But it's like the same thing. They just are like, what is Kevin Hart known for? Being the short, angry guy who's kind of funny and makes jokes about being short. And it, they also try like putting him in that spec ops. Like, yeah. he was in spec ops. I'm like, <laughs> okay, get this out of here. Like, yeah, Kevin Hart works out every day, whatever. He's a comedian. But... There's no way Kevin Hart. I mean, I mean, any sense. Some of it's funny, but to me, I'm just like, I'm so Kevin Hart out. Like, I feel like I've seen the same joke done with him in like for the past ten years. Like, I'm just like, okay, like it's okay. It was better than Ryan Reynolds, so I guess that got me through it. But I mean, this whole movie is it's basically just a buddy cop. They, well, they were just not needed those scenes. No, the let's be honest, weren't. they were not needed. Didn't make the movie any better. Actually, the movie might have been better if they weren't in there. I mean, yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, this movie is, like, it's less of a, I mean, it's still a Fast and Furious, but it's less of a Fast and Furious and more just, a, like, a buddy cop. Like, in the beginning they play off The Rock is, like, the big strong guy who just, like, tanks through everything. He can take any bolts he wants or anything. But then you got, um, you got... Jason Statham. Yeah, yeah, Shaw. And he basically is, like, the more tactical guy, like, Almost like he he's more under the radar, but they don't play off it at all in this movie. Like except for me, one scene, and it's just it it doesn't work that great if that's what the angle they're going for. And also, this movie felt like it should have ended about I think thirty minutes ahead of time. Like it definitely felt like it ended, but then because of the trailers, I'm like, wait, they still have to go to Samoa and meet his family. So then, like, you're like, oh gosh, I just do another thirty minutes of this. They definitely could have easily made this an hour and a half to an hour and forty five minutes. Oh my gosh, easily, yeah. so easy. And which would have made it another better movie. Oh, it, it for sure would have been better because this is two hours and fifteen minutes for this movie is kind of insane. Like it's definitely oh insane. for sure. But let's hit on their stellar cast. You know, their stellar roles. We already agree The Rock's not a good actor. And Jason Statham's okay. I mean, he's kind of made his name in that. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he's, that's all you're yeah. going to get. But let's uh, go on to his sister. I mean, they're 22 years apart, but in flashbacks, they're, like, a year apart. Uh, Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. As Hattie. 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 Whatever. It doesn't matter, right? But, I mean, it matters so, a lot. So basically, they try to have like this love interest between her and um, Hobbs, and it's like, just really awkward. They have zero chemistry. Zero, literally it, zero. And like, I feel it's like, cringy. It That's feel, how bad it is. It honestly, feels like Vanessa Kirby's like the only one actually super trying in this movie, and The Rock is this, and all of them basically are just like, eh, this is just another. Uh, $10 million paycheck. Also, like. I feel like, like, okay, spoiler, which I think we already got into Yeah, that, we are But when he goes to, like, kiss her, I really feel like he could have just, like, ate her, just engulfed her. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that, it's, that's how the kiss felt to me. <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely just awkward. It feels like most of the movie, I mean, it's, it's just super forced upon you, so there's, like, a love interest. And it does, like, if And you know she's feeling awkward, 
The Rock's probably <laughs> digging it. <laughs> but I mean, like, like I said, they they go back to Samoa, and there's some cool setups, I guess. Like, that's probably the best. I mean, and the thing is about this movie is like, I wanted to go into it and thinking it's crank, so like I knew it was gonna be over the top, and I was fine with that. I can own a over the top movie, right? But this movie just kind of fails, except for a few parts. And the few parts that does over the top were like where he has to fling the tow rope onto the helicopter and then somehow it go unchained so he has to like hold yeah, it himself. It's insane. It's totally stupid over it's the top. Funny. And yeah, it's it's, it's, funny. it's good. It's I mean, entertaining because it's, like, it's so crazy and stupid. I, I like, like that because that's yeah. what I was expecting. Exactly. And how all the chains like in front of the cars oh, yeah, perfectly yeah. hook onto each other. Well, okay, we'll get into that later when we go into <laughs> the impossible parts of the movie. I mean, like, it's it, but also the thing about it is it's, it's a rehash plot. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Mission Impossible 2. It's literally just Mission yeah. Impossible 2. I mean, but, I mean, bringing it back to Hattie. Hattie. Hattie, whatever. She, uh, she definitely tries, because all the scenes, like, especially you can reference the beginning scene, it definitely looks like she's actually acting and trying. Like, when, <laughs> when Hobbs and Shaw come on to it, it's almost like... It's like they're walking in to work drunk. That's how I feel. Like, it's literally like, they're like, hey, this is my, you know, 40th movie. You know, I don't even care about this. Yeah, well, I mean, this well, so is because. It's an interesting fact about uh, the fight sequences. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I bet you guys didn't know this. If you did, don't act like you did. All right. So, Jason Statham has in his contract with his lawyers that basically. He can never lose a fight. Yeah, I think the same so, thing with The Rock, I'm pretty sure, too. Yeah, yeah, Rock's similar, but I don't think it's as bad. But like you saw in, I think it's the 7th, 7th, yeah. uh, Fast and Furious. Yeah. Jason Statham's about to lose a fight, and then basically the whole world blows up, and it skips to the next scene, and you're just like, oh, so he yeah. never, did he lose, did he win? It's all up in the air. And also, if he's throwing punches, he actually has somebody there to mm-hmm. count the punches thrown, because he has to throw more than that. So this guy threw 17, I got to throw 19. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, it's definitely like, it's like that power move, 100%. Yeah, he's I mean, basically like, okay, if I'm going to be in your movie, yeah, I'm going to look as good as possible. He's definitely just trying to flex. Like, it's like, who has the bigger one, you know? Yeah. It, that's 100% what it is, 100%. But uh, I'd like to go into uh, Brixton, the villain. Yeah. He's, I, I mean, I really think he's a good actor. He He's playing a couple movies. He's Thor Rag, and he, all the Thors. He's the gatekeeper. Yeah. Um, he also plays in Two Towers. Yeah, yeah, he was the main. Um, he plays in The Losers, which I've never seen. Beast I of mean, Idris no Elba, he was almost 007, you know, in this new one, but the I don't mountains think, between I don't know if they've ever decided that. He's, he's a good actor. Like, I mean, he's another good actor. And... I mean, he's he plays his role right. Like he basically acts like think, a bad Robocop. I think he's a good. Yeah, but his his motivation, like their whole plan, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Basically, he's working for this thing, and they basically they're upgrading humans into like half robot, half man, because that's like how evolution is going to take place. That's why they need to like destroy the world of the weak, and then whoever survives is going to become this robot. Yeah, man it thing. literally they don't even explain the plan. They're just like well, basically. It's, a bad plan. It it's not sense. even, but it's not even world domination. It's not like the classic villain. Like it is world domination. I mean, that's their final thing, but it's more of like, you know, we don't want world domination. We just want everyone to jump on our plan. It's like well, what? I mean, what is what's going on here? Is weak to say the best. I mean, I mean, well, but that's not his fault. I mean, go on. You have a you have a couple more points, don't you? 
I mean, he's basically RoboCop, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean... But also, I mean, I'll go into it later, a part that I don't... It's towards the end that doesn't make any sense. So basically how he's like... This whole movie doesn't really make sense. All right, I'll just go into it now. Go into it. Basically how he is RoboCop, right? And he can basically think of... Or he sees everything, basically, right? Because he's basically a robot. Yeah. Right? So he can think quicker than a human and counteract... Before we go any further, just so you know... We actually walked, well, as soon as the movie was done, we left. There's actually, like, three after credit scenes with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't tell me that. That's all I'm glad we Don't skipped it. Go on, go on, go on. Okay, so anyways, he's basically, like, a ro- he's basically a robot, right? Yeah. You, you can't beat a robot. Yeah, basically. Right, and that's what they break into. And they try breaking into, like, oh, you can beat him with two-on-two, like, two-on-one. friendship. Yeah. yeah that's it, what I mean. It friendship. It's like, we can't beat him alone, but we can beat him with friendship. Physically impossible. This guy's throwing out punches that are like, literally would kill you. Yeah, it'd probably kill there, you. There's no way. There's no way they they win this fight. It, like it's impossible. Even if both of them came at him from both angles, yeah, he no would way. literally. And they're like they're trying to play off. Oh, the rain and them fighting him. Oh, is gonna kill him. Yeah, it's. And I'm just like, what is? Well, this? that's the problem. Like, you and can, you we can't, can't, you can't sit there and make like a lot of movies do make this mistake. They make like an all powerful character. That has to be beaten, so it doesn't make any sense when they're beaten. Like, I know Wonder Woman, for example, <laughs> but, but go on. Also, what's up with the clone troopers in this film? I don't know why they got the clone <laughs> troopers there. Did they just hire, like, the same people from Star Wars? Like, these guys that are trained mercenaries, probably to kill, obviously. They, like, they literally act like they're, like, farmers, so that they just... Just yeah, pulled not, off the field. Let's not forget the Nobel Peace Prize winner like kills like twenty of them with a flame there are. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like this guy that's probably never held a gun in his life literally kills them all. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this movie's all over the place in sense of coherence. But this is the thing, like like I said before, I'd be fine with this movie not making sense. Like I it wins this movie expecting this movie not to make sense, but when they came and deliver I'm not making sense, and, and like it has to be a certain level of enjoyment. Like that's what Crank is. Like Crank is over the top, absurdity makes no sense, right? But it's constantly entertaining and hilarious just to watch how over the top they can yeah, get. It's, and this movie, I feel like they they have a hard time reaching that craziness sure. level of enjoyment. For and me. then when they reach it, they just drop it all. They're that's like, what I'm saying. "Oh, let's go into this love scene." Yeah, and yeah. Like, like no, no one I cares about the sunset. Like, all right? Yeah. Like <laughs> funny scene. The Samoans have no guns, so they fight them with like sticks and stuff. Fine with that, right? Everyone? Yeah, 100% fine. It, it, it makes that. no sense. They, they're able to hack the yeah, system. It, like. make, it makes no sense whatsoever, but like, I'm fine with it, right? But then they just have to keep going on with all these dragging on. This move, like I said, two hours and 17 minutes, man. Come on. How long can you go for? Yeah, for real. All right, Caleb, you want to go into uh, just a quick segment of all the impossible things? Go ahead. All right, let's start with the first one, I believe would be when he literally jumps out the building. No, no. The first one would actually be in the... No, yeah. The building, I'd have to say, would be the first one. Yeah. The Rock basically jumps out of this building, right? Well, on these tr- guys pr- rappelling yeah, down. Yeah, the they're rappelling down off of strings. He probably goes 15 building. story. No, it was bigger than that. It's probably sure. a 100-story building, right? Yeah, sure, paper. sure. But he probably jumps out about 15 stories, hits a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong with him. He's fine. He actually just beats up the guy, you know. Which, by the way, if you hit a guy going down 15 stories, 
I don't think you'd even have to fight the guy. I think the guy would be dead. Well, on you, but yeah. Yeah, and then he jumps out, hits another guy about like five stories up, and he just does this like Thor Ragnarok, like smashing the hammer down, you know, yeah. right into the villain Brixton, and he just rolls over and he's fine, right? And then what? What would you say is the second one? I mean, it'd probably be the car scene. No, no, the chains. When they're in the chains, right? And they're in the chains. And they're like, only a normal man can survive four shocks, Oh, right? well, I mean, there's other creepy parts. But, yeah, this this part, this is... That part was... For me, that part was, like... felt like 20 minutes long. Like, it was so oh, over... But the, I was fine with that. All was, those jo- this, dumb jokes, yeah, it wasn't well, even bad. Like, they're tied up, and they have, like... They're tied... Giant toe chains. Yeah, know. yeah. And they're basically, basically going to be shocked. And he to says... Two giant batteries. And he said, like, what? Three times? No one's ever made it to the fourth or something like that? Yeah. Well, the thing is... That's probably not even true. Spoiler they you, go five times. Yeah. But. They probably... Probably... No You'd probably die after two. Or at least lose brain function. Oh, yeah. Like, for sure. I mean, this is so many vaults going through your body. Like, whatever. You know? They get out yeah, of that. Agreed. They get out of that. And then my favorite scene... Jason Statham rides up this, like, this pillar. It's like he's riding up diagonal. Oh, gosh, I don't even know yeah, how. I, I don't know how this yeah, works. like that dune buggy thing. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's just going hard in the paint, you know, up it. And then, it, like, he's just, like, parkouring on a vehicle just from side to side. And yeah. I'm just like, what the heck is this? And then on top of it, <laughs> the rock is driving a semi-truck, which obviously they're going for, like, Jason Statham, stealthy, quick, yes, yeah, whatever, and that's yeah, why he's driving the and dune buggy. He, yeah, yeah. And the rock's just driving this giant tank thing, yeah. not even. And he hits that pillar, right, and spins around. Let's break this down. One, the truck would either be smashed <laughs> or he would have just destroyed that pillar. It would have not 100%. went like that at all. All the axles on those tires would have just ripped in yeah, half. Th- I mean, the most improbable but thing... But wait, I didn't hit my favorite scene. Okay, go When on. Jason Statham says, no, I'll make it. And then he just drives off this, like, <laughs> yeah. cliff. And the vehicle lands perfectly on the back of the thing. The flatbed of the semi-truck. Yeah, and he takes that casual, you know, like, stroll off with the... And the vehicle falls yeah. off and there's that explosion. And you're just like, I don't think it could have got more epic than this. They yeah. should have just ended the movie right there. Yeah, like, all that's super enjoyable. But, like, as I mentioned earlier... The Rock's brother is, like, some super engineer genius that can make this one thing that no one else can make in the world. And I'm like, yeah, that, that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> like, does like he, he's like, who, okay, who cares if this is the best mechanic in the world? He works on cars, not <laughs> medical equipment. Yeah, not even just medical equipment. This thing is, like, super high-tech CIA-level crap. Science. Like, it's like, it literally, like, science. Sense. Alright, what what did you give this movie? Okay, now, I mean, I gave this, I went neutral, you know? Very forgettable movie. <laughs> Very forgettable. Uh, I gave it a five. Yeah, I, I, that's why I gave it. I gave it a five. I didn't find it egregious. I just, like, will never revisit this movie, and I didn't enjoy it that much. Super forgettable. Why would I, if I'm thinking of Jason Statham, I'm thinking of Crank. Yeah, you know? I, I will, I can actually probably guarantee I'll never watch this movie again. If I'm thinking of The Rock, I'm not thinking of any movie. I'm thinking about his, Rampage. I'm thinking about his workout routine. <laughs> Alright, so we got something interesting. Let's uh, start with the Academy, obviously. We got the Deer Hunter. Yeah, the Academy Award winner um, of 1978 is uh, the Deer Hunter. And it's basically a, like a 
anti-war, I'd say, movie. It's all based on um, this small town in uh, Pennsylvania. And basically, they, this small town in Pennsylvania, they work on, on the steel mill. And the steel mill, you know, they just leave, they live really depressing lives, basically. Like, nine to five, but they work the midnight shift, I think. But all they do is industry work. And, you know, it's it's an all-star cast. This is an all-star cast. It has Robert De Niro as Michael, Christopher Walken as Nick, John Cazelli as Stan, John Savage Steven, and then Mer- young Meryl Streep. I mean, this, this movie is really a star-studded cast, and... I really enjoyed it. It's a long runtime, three hours and three minutes. Three hours and three minutes, and I mean, it's directed by Michael Cimino. I mean, overall, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I mean, good movie. Yeah, I mean, it got an eighty-six uh, Metacritic score. Uh, the director, he's known for, he wrote Gates of Heaven. He he's a big writer. He's more. I actually, he directed a ton. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a well put together movie. There's no doubt. And like I said, they, they come from a small town, Pennsylvania, and then uh, Nick and um, Nick and Michael join. It's a drain during the '60s, so they go into Vietnam together. And also, uh, Stephen does too. You know, and Stephen just has a big wedding, and then he le- and then like the weekend after, they all leave right to Vietnam, and they all think it's gonna be kind of like they're gonna be heroes, kind of like Red Badger Courage stuff, like. It's going to be not necessarily a great time, but they're, it's going to be like what they should do. And it's going to be like worth their time. Well, as soon as they go to Vietnam, you know, it cuts them in a concentration in, in a POW camp, you know. And this movie, I mean, without getting the spoilers right away, I mean, it's it's really just like a real deep look into like how messed up war can be and what it does to people's lives. I mean, yeah, Um. I mean. I'm sure you guys didn't know. I mean, unless you guys are hardcore movie fans. This was actually won five Oscars. Best Picture, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, Best Director, Best Sound, Best Film Editing, Best Actor in a Lead Role, and Best Actress in a Supporting Role, and Best Writing, Screenplay Written Directly, from the screen. Yeah, back then, really, most Oscars would just most movie most Oscar winning movies would just sweep up. Well, I can honestly awards. say, and yeah, I'm not saying they were totally wrong. I mean, I I don't know offhand every 1978 movie, but I mean, like this movie was really well done. Like it deserves oh. at least to be nominated for all the roles that they won. I mean, they yeah, they hit it pretty spot on. And it's kind of cool, um, going from taking a small town perspective. Yeah, and, I you know how they're not really affected by anything much and then they go to the war yeah i mean they live very simple lives oh for sure and then wake up go to the steel mill well yeah, i think they have midnight shift go but yeah go drink beer till, and go hunting like yeah. like they don't they don't have much going I'll on i'll go after the same girl i mean <laughs> very <laughs> like, simple like, lives. like i said like they don't have much going on here so basically like they just joining the war just seems like this crazy thing for everyone because like they're going off and doing something besides working in the steel mill for the rest of their lives and, and I think they're serving their country. Like, uh, well, Daniel wants to be yeah. a Green Beret and is all excited. And that one Green Beret just kind of. Well, he kind of shows, like, how messed up oh, Vietnam is. Oh, for sure. But, um, I mean, definitely recommend It's pretty well shot. I enjoyed this. Super acted super well. And, Phenomenal. Um, yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed this movie. But, um, going to a little more, like, spoiler discussion. 
basically this movie I feel like revolves around roulette. Like they use 100%. they use Russian roulette to describe pretty pretty much the theme of this movie is what they use that as a centerpiece this whole movie, you know. Because uh as soon as they go to Vietnam, it shows them it shows actually a scene before and it shows them like he they shoot up these it kinda of shows like the moral ambiguity, like they just shoot up all these guys and stuff like that, and then they see the Viet Cong just kill a woman and her child. Well, he I throws mean, a grenade in the hole with all kills the all these people. Like, yeah, like, and then so basically, as it goes on, then they are captured, all three of them: Nick, Michael, and uh, Stephen. And they're in this. We well, gotta start with the wedding and how we hate a certain fellow. Well, I will get into it. I'll get into it. Okay, just okay. Minute, just okay. Minute. go ahead. So basically, what happens is they're in this, and then they they bring up two prisoners. And they basically make them play Russian roulette against each other, and whoever wins, well, whoever doesn't get shot in the head, so wins. Basically, <laughs> lives to fight another day. Basically, right? Not even that. They just keep playing till basically everyone. Well, that's dead. what I'm saying. They yeah. live to fight another day, and then they have to play again the next day or whatever. It's, it's almost like you're just prolonging your death. Oh yeah, it's it's like this brutal scene, and they're constantly like slapping them to do it, and the slaps are authentic. That's a true fact, but um. It's just really a brutal scene to watch, and eventually, what happens? It's shocking. Honestly, it's really shocking. I mean, it's it's hard to watch because every time they click it, you're like, ooh, ooh. And uh, so basically, eventually, um, Michael and Nick are paired up against each other, and they're basically—I don't know if they're brothers, but they're basically brothers in this movie. They're so like, close like, friends. I mean, they might actually Small be brothers. Town. I don't know offhand, but um, they make devise a plan where they'll basically escape if they do this one thing. So basically, they play this super round of Russian roulette where he tells them to keep putting bullets until he has enough to shoot enough guards to make the escape. And somehow they make it through, right? Kill the guards, they escape. Well, they've eventually, they're floating down the river, helicopter comes. And and you, let's start with their conscience, though, because you kind of see that when they're in the cages. The one, uh, Steven. Well, yeah, St- Steven loses it. He's lost it already when they're playing Russian roulette. Yeah, he, like, he's gone, and Nick... Nick is on the verge, but I mean, Michael. He, Michael's keeping them together, basically. Like, Michael's the only sane one. Yeah, he he's trying to keep the level head. Like he, you know, he's going insane, but he's like trying to be the strong one and yeah. everything. He's also the one that comes up with the plan. Yeah. So so basically, what happens is helicopter comes. Well, what happens is they all three load on it, but they can't all get inside of it because they have to like take off. Stephen, because he's already injured, falls. De Niro goes, uh, Michael goes back in after him. So Nick makes it to a hospital. They all get out. They but all. Get... Steven, when he falls. Yeah, he breaks his legs. and Which obviously... is important. Yeah. Well, so basically the movie goes on. They get back to South Vietnam. Nick, it shows him that he's in like a hospital and he's, he's basically messed up. Can't like, even like, say his parents' names. He, well, he can't think of the birthdays or anything. And he's just definitely has PTSD to like the fullest extremes. And then they show, like, uh, Michael. Michael's definitely, like, dealing with some stuff, but they don't really show Steven. So, basically, uh, what happens is Nick comes across this Russian, in South Vietnam, this, like, underground gambling circuit. Well, Michael was there first, which we find out. Yeah, but he stumbles across this underground Russian, they basically Russian roulette, and they gamble against each other. Well, as the movie goes on, Michael gets back home. He has PTSD. He doesn't want people to see him and stuff. And uh, Steven's back home. He's lost his legs. But he just stays in the in the uh, VA hospital because he doesn't want to disappoint his wife and stuff. And it's really brutal. 
And um, all of a sudden, though, Nick's not home yet. And Stephen keeps getting money, thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. And then, he, and then uh, Michael realizes Nick is caught up in that uh, the ring, like playing Russian roulette. So he goes back after all this stuff, and he finds Nick, and Nick is just gone. And basically, he shoots himself, and Nick dies, and Michael, like, just realizes what the heck. And, like, so Michael, you know, he goes back home, and he tries his, he, he tries his best to fit back in with, like, all, he try, puts on a brave face, him and Meryl Streep get together, you know, but he can't stay at home because he has too many bad memories, and he goes hunting with his friends like he always has you know um he freaks out and puts a gun up against the guy's head and does basically Russian roulette spins the barrel of the revolver and pulls the trigger and it doesn't go off and shoot John Cazelli, John Cazelli which is Stan and it's just like like I said this whole movie is the reason why it's anti-war is it's trying to paint this picture of like moral ambiguity for example in the beginning at the wedding like um Stan, he punches his wife in the face because he thinks she's getting too touchy. Like, you, you don't like this. Every guy. everyone everyone in this every town, movie he's in, you yeah. don't like him. But they're basically they're showing like the Americans back home, they're scumbags like at heart, right? Yeah. And then it shows the North Vietnam or the Viet Cong. You know, they're obviously scumbags because they're playing r- Russian roulette and do this vicious thing. But the, the South, South Vietnam, yeah, are they any better? Because they're just doing it for money. You know, they're killing each other over money. You know. And then you got Nick, who's just crazy and just joins in and <laughs> yeah and then, then you got michael who does it to john gazelli he oh does yeah that thing to john gazelli so i'm saying they, they use this as like a center point john gazelli had it coming to him yeah stan yeah and they do it they do it to like prove this point that like war is awful and at the heart of every man is evil basically like man is depraved like no matter what side you're on and it, I, yeah for me it was a super effective anti-war piece like, I mean, there's other movies like Thin Red Line who does anti-war, I guess Apocalypse Now too, but this one actually, I feel like... Does it well. Does, paints a pretty accurate picture, I think. I don't think they they make any scenes really crazy up to try to prove their point. Yeah, for sure. Um, So you were talking about how he gets slapped, right, in the actual movie. Yeah, yeah, it's authentic. Well, another fun fact is that the director convinced Christopher Walkins to actually spit in Robert De Niro's face. Yeah, I saw this. When they walk when they walked in it and he was Robert De Niro was so shocked by this that he actually almost left the set. Which is like I can definitely see it. Like yeah. if you're not seeing that coming Yeah yeah. Getting spit in the face, you, I'd be like, Alright, we're about to fight. I'm throwing hands with you right here, <laughs> right now. Yeah, I mean and this I was gonna say this movie is long. I mean we watched in two parts. So that might be cheating in some ways, but it didn't feel like it definitely didn't feel like it dragged, even though the first, I'd say the first hour is definitely the slowest part, but it didn't necessarily feel, didn't feel like it dragged. It felt like it was good character development of everybody showed how they were before war, then shows after war, a pretty good representation, you know? Also, we got to give, you know, a shout out to John Cazell because he did developed like cancer during well this no movie. no it's before he had like stage four cancer and like he didn't want to tell anyone because the insurance would not let him on if he had it so basically um fredo because that's what i always call him yeah uh, fredo you know he never actually saw the final cut of this film because 
because he dies in it and uh, before it's done producing it. And, you know, it's actually kind of heartwarming. Like uh, the insurance found out actually mid mid shoot and uh, Robert De Niro put up the cash to pay for the insurance so that he could finish the movie, you know? And, um, I mean, he plays a good part. He plays a scumbag and just kind of like in Godfathers, you know? I mean, he really plays that role, you know? He's like, he's like the Tom Cruise, but for the scumbag role, (laughs) you know? I I mean, did did you have any nitpicks with it? I I mean, I don't have a nitpick, but I have actually like not a real pick. (laughs) Not too much. I mean, it, it was, it was a good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I found the score. I felt like the score was really crappy, personally. Yeah, and I can that, see that. And that sure. kind of brought it down for me because it just felt like it was played at the wrong times, and it just wasn't. I didn't really care for the score personally. Yeah, I can see that for sure. So, uh, what, what was your rating for this stuff? I mean, I, I gave it a nine out of ten. Yeah, or uh, two for two on this one. I gave it a nine out of ten. Also, I mean, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. And, you not know, not a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I, well, like I said, I have to bring in my 10 out of 10s because I'm finding myself, I keep, like, boosting ratings to all these movies that I liked, and I'm like, okay, now I have a lot of nine, eight nines and 10s, okay? I need to, like, give them to legit ones that deserve them. But, so this one was very good, but it is uh, 9 out of 10 for me. Also, it does give, though, this movie gives a shout-out to Pennsylvania because that's where they're from. <laughs> But moving on, we have Grease, which would have been uh, very weird for me and Caleb to watch alone. So we had to bring in our mom, who really dug the movie. You know, she brought it back to her day, which really <laughs> wasn't her day. Actually, yeah. I guess what? No. Nah, yeah, she'd Not be like close. ten, right? No, she wasn't even born when this movie was supposed to take place. No, she was born '68. I know, but this movie was supposed to take place in the '50s. Oh, okay. I'm saying the movie, but the movie came out. Uh, that I was. I was thinking something else. It doesn't matter. She actually grew up, though, watching it. Yeah, this is a top-grossing film in 1978. It's basically uh, Good Girl Sandy and Greaser Danny fell in love over the summer when they unexpectedly discover um, they are now in the same high school. Will they be able to rekindle their romance? And basically, that's the whole thing. Like They come from two different lifestyles, basically. And uh, Greaser Danny, played by John Travolta, he has to act like he's just tough dude he's not like sympathetic and as he was in front of olivia newton john which is sandy this is definitely his second best movie besides Gotti. obviously that's number one <laughs> amen god number one that's always it's this sure. is an hour and 50 minute <laughs> <laughs> this is our 50 minute movie it got a 70 on the meta score has some classic songs in it but it is directed by randall kaiser kleiser kleiser yeah it's originally is adapted from a play Made, I think, in 1973. And uh, it's a musical, obviously. And um, so, I mean, this movie has, like, a, has a couple hit songs. And that's why I think it, it stays around. Because I feel like songs stay in our heads easier. So people well, are yeah. easier attribute this movie to the songs. Therefore, they like this movie. And this draws in uh, a different... I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to put this, but it is a different type of crowd. Because I think there really is... A category for musicals where it's almost not even in the film category because you have film people that watch agree. films, but then you got musical people that would go to plays and watch only musicals. Well, yeah, the problem I had, I mean, I'll get into that later, but uh, everyone in this movie, they're supposed to be high schoolers, 
everyone looks about 30 years old. I mean, John Travolta is actually 25 when he right. plays this role. They also, all there's no spoilers. Old. So just be warned. Yeah, we're going to explain the movie, but it's not like a spoiler. It's like, yeah, it's a musical. This is what it is. Yeah. And like, um, also, this movie was, I've never really seen it all the way through except for this last time watching it. And it is just a sex. It paints a picture of the 1950s as like high schoolers were just sex crazed. I mean, like one girl gets pregnant. It's yeah, it's it's I mean, wild. Like, it's the dancing even. I mean, the one yeah. guy's like grabbing her oh, boobs and yeah. then slapping her across the face, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, this this movie is like 1950s and it's like super sexualized. It feels like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, the musical. I mean, this movie is like, and I didn't remember it like that, so that was kind of like crazy for me. But um, I mean. It's they, they the thing is though they do act like high schoolers in the sense everyone is super petty about everything in this movie and that's why they're because they think they're stealing their man or whatever it's just really just it's it's without the songs this movie is nothing I mean but you can say that about any musical really so I get that but I mean it, but, I mean, it okay. really only has one maybe two songs that no, are I mean a lot of people like the top whole thing. of the line but the thing was about this is like some of the songs fit like it, they played into it and I'm fine with that. Like, it's whatever. But then there was some, like, uh, Beauty School Dropout, which literally just felt like a Frankie Avalon music video. Like, it, it didn't really add anything to the plot or anything. It was literally just out of nowhere, this dream sequence where she starts imagining this guy singing about being a Beauty School Dropout. Like, it was just... Oh, man, I don't I, know. I mean, I'm going to get a little bit into, actually, like, the musical aspect. You know, I, yeah. I've been to my fair share of plays and stuff <laughs> like that. I took a semester of uh, drama class, you know, had to take music class in fifth and sixth grade. So, you know, I'm basically an expert. Is so what I'm a resident to expert on this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, honestly, I'm not a fan of John Travolta's voice. It. I think he's okay. Like I, I mean, I, I, I'm not the best judge of this, but um, for that day and age, I mean, maybe they're going for that. I mean, I'd actually like to hear back from you guys, but I know there's no way you're gonna contact us because you don't know how. Write a review. And tell yeah, us how that's you true. Know about but, <laughs> but my point is, like, I'm not really a big fan of his voice. It's kind of like this high, like, but it's not like okay, so. They say for a man to have a good voice, it needs to be high, right? We're not talking about country music. We're I talking think about his voice is high though in this. We're talking about singing. I know it's like a weird, like graspy high voice, and it's kind of like I don't like it. You know, I, I'm just not a fan of it. Her voice, I actually really Living like her John. voice. Yeah, she has a good voice. I mean, I it, it it honestly is a great voice. So basically, the movie goes on basically, and uh, it's two worlds collide. She wants him to be one way, and he is one way, but he has to act cool to his greaser friends and stuff. So there's a constant conflict throughout the whole movie, blah, blah, blah. And she's supposed to be, like, this good girl. Yeah, kind of. so, so like there's a point. she wears the nice stuff. Yeah, you know? so there's a point where he's like, okay, I'm going to turn good guy for her, right? So he tries to get into sports. And she just comes in with this straight... Not yet, not yet, wait. Okay, wait. okay. Let me say it, though. Okay, I want to say it. All right, all right, go ahead. So... This is one of my nitpicks. <laughs> he goes to this co- the bas- he goes to play basketball, right? And for one, all of a sudden, he like wants to stab everyone, and it's just kind of crazy. But, but yeah, this, it's like this, this he's coach, really a mafia guy. The, the coach, the coach is like, okay, no, this is how you play basketball. He starts dribbling. I'm like, this guy has never played basketball besides the ten minutes he's been on the set Wait, to make this movie. Also, this is supposed <laughs> to be like a public school, and yet this coach coaches every single sport there is. Yeah. Like, and what also, is this? Every single sport happens in the same season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like it doesn't make it doesn't make too much sense at all, but uh, I mean the dancing, 
I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's like I have no. I couldn't tell you if it's 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 kind of like a looked, weird modern or not modern back then like swing dancing. Yeah, I mean it's, it's playing off the 1950s, but obviously hypersexualized. I mean, um, you know, and uh, I think one thing this movie does good that that we lack in our Gen Z millennial generations is um we don't have a good makeout hill. That's true. I mean, every every city in the 1950s and 60s had a makeout hill. They just removed them so I kids would stop getting pregnant. That's the reason that the government controls the birds and they control the makeout hills and the frogs. Making <laughs> the frogs gay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I mean, just a couple more conspiracy theories to throw up in the air. But I I agree with Kilp. I want to know where Michigan's makeout hill is. That's what I missed in high school. You know, we don't have any hills around here. We only have one hill. No, no, Tom, and there's There was hills, but the government closed them they off. They closed them off. Yes. The makeout <laughs> hills. Too many unwanted pregnancies in the 50s and 60s. This is what I've been trying to get across right. here. When are we going to learn? <laughs> when are we going to learn, you know? Amen, dude. If that doesn't spark a revolt in America, I don't know what does. For real. Honestly. Like, we're all voting on these, like, serious issues out here. No, we should be voting bring back at... the makeout hills. <laughs> if a president gets up there and says, I'm going to bring back the makeout hills, get rid of all the birds that are watching us. <laughs> I'm, I'm voting for him. Amen, dude. I'm voting Mary for Ann Williamson. Amen. <laughs> she will bring back the makeout hills. Yes. Guaranteed. Okay. So, yeah. it was. It's basically, I mean, oh, yeah. And going playing off how this is a very sexual movie. Like, there's a scene where they're sitting in the car watching a movie. And, like, I don't know. John Travolta, Danny over here is playing with Claw Machine trying to grab her boob. Hashtag like, hardcore. Too, yeah. Come on. Literally, like, he reaches his hand over. And it's literally like a claw. And it, like, lowers down. And then she, like, slaps it. And, like, it was just like, what? Like, I mean, tell yeah, me okay, if wait, I'm wait, wrong. Wait. You were going to go on. Go, go on with uh, what you were going to say before, though. Okay. But let me finish this. Okay, go on. If you're going to make, like, a move on somebody, I'm pretty sure you don't do it like that. I mean, no, that's hey. That's move. Hey, I mean, I don't have any makeout hills, so you that's know, true. I can't tell things, you. Things, I can't tell no you. Different laws. times. There's no <laughs> such thing as consent either on makeout hills. Different times, you know. <laughs> well, Caleb, it is all consent. Makeout, makeout hills, like that's true. You, know, you go to like, the makeout hill, you're automatically consenting. Yeah, it's like that border, you know, like you know when you play tag, capture the flag, and you have the free zone, like where There's no one can no, tag anyone. That that's the makeout hill, right? No one makeout hills stop. It's after Zodiac when he gets killed. Off That's the top of the true. <laughs> that is true. So, anyways, um, basically, like Kale was saying, John Travolta becomes like this. Well, he tries. Well, yeah, tries to become this like nitpicky guy. You know, like Good get, guy. gets rid of his leather jacket in the end and starts wearing. Just I don't know when this is. No, it was a sweater vest. It was a sweater vest. So instead of a, a good guy, instead it's... of a leather jacket, it's a vest with your letter on it. I don't know when that was ever a thing. It's nineteen fifties. Let's just. I'm glad that never came back. No, I want that ever. One. <laughs> <laughs> Sweater, letter jacket. Yes, I want one. So, anyways, but then she comes to the park, and she's in this straight Catwoman stripper outfit, uh, hardcore uh, like leather. tightest leather pants yeah. I've ever seen, and I'm just like highest heels, like it is. This is like I'm like. All right, is this going to turn into a porno? I'm not sure. I'm not sure at this point. Yeah. All right, because he starts ripping off his sweater, and I'm just like, all right, it's going down. I mean, I thought Mom was going to have a little bit better standards for these movies. <laughs> Turns out nothing happens. No, but, but 
to me though, I, if we're being, if we're trying to really break down this film and be super objective, what this movie is telling us is a terrible thing. It's saying, hey, conform to whatever world you, whoever you love, be whoever they want you to be, which is absolute terrible. Oh advice. yeah. So but she conforms and changes her ways so she can be with him. And like he tries it never to, works out that way. You can't. You. I mean, I'm no love doctor. Listen, he but is Doctor Phil. Caleb's Caleb's our expert on the love doctor. <laughs> yeah, okay, he got the mustache like Doctor <laughs> Phil, so we'll put Caleb to work. Caleb, what do you got for us? No, no, no. Well, what I'm saying is, she. The whole thing goes around like, why can't? Why does? Why do either of them have to commit one way or the other? Like, why can't they just be like they were in the summertime? Just oh, themselves, yeah. but instead of that, like that would be the easy Disney resolution, right? That we we're all expecting. But no, she's like, no. Now I'm a hardcore greaser and gonna get pregnant like my other greaser friends. <laughs> <laughs> like this movie is like, it's whatever. It's a bad message overall. I mean, I think. Yeah. But I mean, that's if we're can being we, super analytical. Can we also this. though hit on like not the last scene, but it was the scene before the last scene when he comes out. Like, I don't know if this was a thing in the fifties. Where they have like drag racing gangs down at the river, the the uh, yes, the I river, think it's LA river, yeah, yeah, like what, like is this like is this a thing? I would said you missed out on this, and yeah, school. obviously I was not paying attention. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you build your own car and you have to race it. That's yeah, a given. I mean everyone I, did this. Seth. I forgot, and also who racing dri- for pinks, baby? Who drives when they're on the makeout hill? Listen, who drives their car, their nice car <laughs> into a crappier car and then keeps doing <laughs> listen, it? Doesn't make any listen. sense. Fast and Furious or Grease. All right, that's the, that's the real. Question. I think you're right, but I mean, let's 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 hit them with the rating scale. What do you got for us? Ah, uh, this movie is another uh, five out of ten for me. See, but this is how I feel. Five out of ten's like forgettable. You'd be wrong. Was it good or bad? No, this movie is not even a movie. But I can't say it's forgettable. Like it's that not dancing, a movie. that dancing scene is not forgettable. But it's not a movie. Okay, this is what I'd say. It's a bad movie. No, it's not. It's not a bad movie. It's just not even a movie. You take <laughs> you listen. You take out those songs. <laughs> this movie is twenty minutes of okay, nothing. So then we can't rate it as a movie. What are we rating it as? Yes, a five because I don't know what to rate it as. <laughs> All right. Like I'm not See, offended by it, but it's okay, not really I like a your movie. Rating. I like that thought. See, but the reason I gave it also a five is because of this. Because it's not forgettable for me. No, because there's it's, it's there's seeds for- that are like wild in it. I mean, but it's also not good if you take out those songs, like you were saying. Yeah. This so movie, I mean, that's why it's a five. Everyone's for me. gonna argue. Everyone's gonna be like, dude, it's a musical. Of course you can't take out the songs. But I say to you, screw you. If the movie can't stay on its own without musical numbers, like at least a decent plot. Th- it's literally <laughs> just an hour. It's an hour and fifty minute music video. Then, like, if it's all it is is songs, and like you say, oh no, it has plot. No, this movie has no plot. Like the plot, they float off into the sky in the end. <laughs> it's paper thin and is not developed whatsoever. Which Caleb, give us a quick synopsis. On oh them yeah, floating. so the ending is like they drive off and their car like starts flying, right? And a lot of people believe that it's, it's like, like Mary Poppins, basically. Yeah, a lot of people believe after like he got hit in the head or something, or it's all a dream after the summer. Like all this stuff is this a dream inside of his head? Like it's not real. Which. It makes sense because what else kind of world does everyone just sing and dance and choreograph together? So in a sense, it makes a lot of sense. And I, have makeout hills. It's not. It's, it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. It's a given. Everyone knows. It's fake. The government's just you know <laughs> teasing us. The bourgeoisie, baby. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, 
I think you guys could tell which one won. Obviously, Greece. No, <laughs> the deer hunter. <laughs> the deer hunter took it for I'd say probably both of us. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's easily. not even a question. I love the deer hunter. I mean, I don't know the next time I'll get around to it because it's three hours long. But I will definitely like to rewatch that movie. Yeah. Um. Well, he'll tell us a little bit about what we're looking at for our next podcast. Yeah. So episode nine is actually um. It's going to consist of a movie that I've been wanting to go see for a little while now. It's been out a little bit. It's called The Farewell. Everything I hear about it is that it's super well done, super beautifully shot. So I'm really excited for that. That's the new movie we're going to go see. And then uh, we're also And gonna... it's based on an actual lie. That's true. <laughs> but but uh, basically, I'm going to go... Then we're going to do Bring Back the Academy versus The People. And uh, it's Kramer versus Kramer up against the original Superman. Which so, should be interesting because Superman is the highest scored Medic's critic score I've actually, movie. I've never for okay. I've seen Superman. I've never seen Kramer versus Kramer, but I have seen Superman a long time ago. So I don't really remember much. But it's I'm excited for it. Yeah, like you said, it's a superhero movie that well, you know it doesn't get talked about because it's not MCU and it's not the Dark Knight trilogy. Yo, does does it even count as you seeing a movie before your film class? Like, come on. Exactly. Like, like how, can, how can you even say it's a good movie or not? You can't even rate it. Basically. You a film class. Exactly. I mean, this is why you listen to us. You know, we took a film class. We tell you your opinions. Okay. Uh, uh, also, just an FYI, we uh, do keep a little Easter eggs in our videos. And if you listen closely, you may hear our cat doing some weird <laughs> meows in the background. It might be because we wanted that in there, or it could be because we couldn't stop her because she's a freak. We'll never know. Uh, and also, I just want to give a shout-out to myself. Um, <laughs> a plug, I guess. If you guys want to follow me on Letterboxd, it's just uh, Caleb Culp. I mean, you'll be able to find me on there. And uh, I don't write super in-depth reviews, but at least I keep track of everything I watch, and you'll be able to see my list and everything. And um, if, you wanna, if you want to follow it, go ahead and follow it. Seth, you can follow me on IMDb, but that's impossible. <laughs> Seth, so. We're trying to get Seth to convert everything over into I do have Letterboxd. a taste account. But, I mean, <laughs> you probably so, won't plug that. Uh, so, yeah, which, actually, I will suggest Taste. I mean, hopefully they'll give us money for this. But Taste and Letterbox are both good websites. I, I like IMDb just because I've been using it forever. But Taste is an easy way to keep track of all your movies. Very easy way. IMDb is like Facebook and Letterbox is like Instagram. And then what is Taste? Twitter? Taste is like Tumblr. Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> the trolls. <laughs> it's like Tumblr. No one really knows about it. But uh alright guys, uh it's been uh, it's been a wild ride. See you on the next podcast. See you on the next podcast.